1: Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered.
3: Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya
0: Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
5: This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got a tremendous show for you tonight as it is now college football season. It's week zero, which I wish they would give them a little bit of a better name for it than week zero, but with that said, we've got games in progress and we've got a couple that are going to be coming up relatively soon, so we'll take a look at what we've all got on that front. I'm more of a baseball guy personally. We're going to be getting into more football, especially the NFL, as we wind up going along, but going to be taking a look at what is going to be a jam-packed baseball card for this Sunday along the way and joining me to be able to help do so in about 90 or so minutes. Justin Perry does a great job over there at OddsChecker. Also a man that if you're a fan of college basketball he does some work over there at Shot Quality so I'll need to get him on my college basketball podcast once we wind up getting in season there as well but he's going to be joining me breaking down the Sunday card and then we've got a Formula One race out there as well for a nice early Sunday morning so Anyone looking to get in some early Monday or some early Sunday sweats? We're down to just two Sunday mornings without NFL football. Mikhail Miranda. He is actually my audio engineer on this show. He is going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at what guys who I ended up taking a shot on. And you know what? Who might be able to finish in podium position as well? Because much like in golf, you've got your outrights, but then you've got your derivative markets as well. So we're going to be diving into that with Mikhail. And for those of you guys that have been taking a look at. The football betting board for this Saturday, for one, relatively bare. Let's call it what it is. Things really are going to be getting jam-packed and going to be getting set on on next Saturday. But with that said, we do have a couple games that are going to be going off right about now. As we've seen a little bit of money wind up coming in on Utah, They wind up opening up as four-point underdogs. Right now, this is about a pick of line to a one-point favorite of North Texas. So We shall see what winds up happening here. We have seen... A lot of drops in totals. If you notice, darn near every single game involving D1 teams, like D1 going up against D1, none of the teams from more or less the FCS level. All these numbers have wound up falling, by the way, because this is a total that opened up at 57.5. Now we're seeing it a lot of places anywhere between 52.5 to a 53. That game is just going to be getting going in the Nevada versus New Mexico State. This is going to get started as Nevada has seen money not come in on them as they opened up 14 and a half point favorites. Now they are finding themselves as a seven point favorite with the total coming from 55 and a half to anywhere between 48 and 48 and a half. These games are just getting set as we wind up going along. I'll let you know if I've got anything in game. I really did not wind up having anything on either of these two games. And if you don't have a lot on college football week zero, do not feel bashful about it because, well, let's call it what it is. It's week zero and... You don't want to be going into chase mode especially if you're someone like myself you wind up doing a little bit more baseball maybe you're a formula one better insert your sport here don't wind up betting on something just because your friends are talking about it bet on it because you think that you could actually make some money off of it and if you really don't see a big edge in north texas versus utep you don't need to fire in on north texas versus utep like i personally wind up sticking with baseball. For this Saturday, the only thing I might be taking a look at is the game that's actually going to be coming up in 30 minutes because I do think that you might wind up having a little bit of an angle. I know a little bit about both of these teams. As Vanderbilt, they go on the road. They're going to be facing off against Hawaii. Hawaii opened up as right around a two and a half point dog. Now you're fighting them anywhere between nine and nine and a half point underdogs with total remaining relatively stagnant. Open up at 55. Right now, anywhere between 54 and a half and 55 is where you're finding it. And I just think that in angle in general to take a look at is These teams, I mean, and it's really in any sport that you wind up handicapping, whether it's college baseball, whether it's the NFL with body clock games. I mean, we wind up seeing that with Northwestern versus Nebraska, where you wind up traveling through so many different time zones. You wind up having to play in a very unique circumstance, like you're finding here with Hawaii. Now, keep in mind, Hawaii, 21-36 with a few pushes. The last few years in college football, they are a bottom five team in terms of cover rate over the last four seasons. So they have not necessarily been great on that front, but I have covered Vanderbilt athletics in the past. I actually want to get my start out of college doing weekends for the official flagship station of Vanderbilt football, Vanderbilt basketball from time to time can actually provide a little bit of value. The next time Vanderbilt football winds up being able to tear it up, let me know, because it's going to be pretty much a first time man. When it comes to why they wind up bringing in Timmy Chang, he's going to be looking to revitalize a program that, Let's call it what it is ever since Colt Brennan days. It has not necessarily been going too tremendous for a while. They're coming off of a little bit of a lackluster season last year, but being able to get nine points in a very strange season opener like this. That's the only way I'd be looking at this, perhaps a little bit on the under because Vanderbilt is very much more of a defense oriented team. But as they always like to say with Vanderbilt, it is the Harvard of the South. They've got great. They got great academics. This is not necessarily a team that you want to be backing in terms of the football schedule. If anything, I'd be taking a look at why getting nine points here. But I mean, in terms of the games that we've already seen here today, we have been seeing quite a few underdogs being able to come through. We wound up seeing that in the Northwestern versus Nebraska game. Nebraska, they wind up going from being a 10-point favorite. This actually reached 14 at a few spots before settling in more around 12 to 12.5 12 half Go figure Nebraska winds up losing the game. And this is from our very own Tim Murray, who does an amazing job here at the network. And by the way, for those of you guys looking for a little bit more college football, he's doing a three times a week college football podcast here at visa. And I know that he wound up having met humans on the initial episode along with Adam Burke, all three of those guys aces on the college football slate. But with that said, Nebraska, they have now went one and nine in their last 10 games and they've been outscored by two points. That tells you where things are at right now for Nebraska. They are the textbook definition of your buddy at the bar that cannot close, and it just continues to be that way. And there are just some teams all across sports that they are this way, and you do need to factor that in just a little bit because there are certain teams that they do a great job of being able to close out games, like Providence of College Basketball, for example. We were all talking about, will Providence regress? Providence, they're so lucky. list goes on and on. There's something to being able to close out games, and typically that comes down to Coaching, because I talk about Providence and Ed Cooley, one of the most, most, I guess you'd call it better, one of the most well-respected coaches, there's a proper term, to put it in all of college basketball. Does a very solid job of getting the most out of his team. Scott Frost, he did a solid job while he was at Central Florida. He has not been able to get things going in Nebraska a hot seat year in. Well, there's a reason why he's on the hot seat because Nebraska, they just wind up keep losing these games. If you're looking for a little bit more of an NFL example, I mean, this team has been this way for many, many years. You're able to date back to when they were with San Diego and to when they're with the city of Los Angeles, the Chargers. I mean, time and time again, I feel like one of the best betting angles you could have in game is when the Chargers are in a one possession game. You wind up hearing because most of their games are on CBS. You hear the announcer, whoever's doing the game, say, and 60 Minutes is coming up next everywhere except for on the West Coast. That is your cue to just bet against the Chargers, bet against whatever good you think the Chargers might wind up doing because that was pretty much a cue for Phil Rivers, now Justin Herbert, to promptly throw an interception. If it's a defense, to promptly give up a touchdown. I mean, without fail, every single time there are teams out there in football, in basketball, you're able to go down the list that they just can't close out. Nebraska, Exhibit A in college football. They did so once again on Saturday. I I believe that they wound up losing Week 0 against Illinois last year as well in a game that they were a pretty sizable favorite in. That was a true road game. They were north of a touchdown favorite in that one. They wound up losing that one outright. So there are just teams that you take a look at their track record, and they're not having a lot of faith with them. And in baseball, there are teams that they typically wind up underperforming. You take a look at the track record. You can't trust in them. Exhibit A, a team that is managed by a gentleman that should not wind up holding a job right now. As right now, we've got a nice interleague battle between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Chicago White Sox. And the White Sox were threatening. They put up a couple runs in the eighth inning, but they are unable to regain the lead as Eloy Jimenez, I believe, was the last batter. He winds up flying out to the warning track. 7-5, to five. the Arizona Diamondbacks in a relative pick game. Most places open up the diamondbacks right around about a minus one fifteen to minus one twenty favorite. This closes right around minus one five to minus one ten both ways. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they currently hold the lead by a kind of seven to five. And taking a look at baseball right now, I do think that it is very, very important to find these teams that they have a losing record. They're not gonna go to the playoffs, but they're giving you a good, honest effort. Exhibit A is the Arizona Diamondbacks. We've actually got some very good starting pitching for this team. Merrill Kelly was able to deliver a good start. Now, when you wind up getting into this bullpen of the Arizona Diamondbacks, it's a dark and depressing place right now because Mark Belanson wanted coming into this game, and Mark Belanson is about 557 years old. There is just no trusting in this guy whatsoever, but they wanted being able to wriggle their way out of it. So the Arizona Diamondbacks still have a lead after Merrill Kelly. He winds up going in this one, seven and a third innings. He does wind up getting tagged for all four of those runs because most of Melanson's runs. Now you wind up lying were inherited runners, but relatively good start there. And for the Chicago White Sox, when you don't wind up having Dylan Cease and, for lack of a better term, Michael Kopech going to the mound. I know that there have been a lot of people talking about regression with Michael Kopech, him maybe being a little bit lucky, but he's been able to do a relatively solid job for the Chicago White Sox team up until this series. Johnny Cueto was as well. But when you wind up getting into now Davis Martin, who wound up getting the start today, coupled with Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn, Guys that just should not be getting starts in any sort of a playoff race whatsoever. It winds up becoming a really, really bad ordeal for the Chicago White Sox. And right now, oh, and we just wind up seeing Jose Abreu at first base, boot a Ball. Great work, Mr. Abreu. Yeah, that's the way that it's going right now. And when you wind up seeing errors and you wind up seeing guys just sort of wind up underperforming, you wind up seeing everything that goes and winds up happening to the White Sox. All you can think is managing. This is not a team that has any respect whatsoever for Tony LaRusso right now. I do think that it's important to take a look at. On the other side, I'm gonna be taking a look at some futures when it comes to Major League Baseball. And right now with the White Sox, they find themselves, I believe now, four games out of first in the AL Central. This might be going up as we are seeing this go down as well, but I can tell you right now, one of the futures that I am not advising whatsoever, I have not all season long, is this White Sox team, unless if they wind up firing their manager, which at this point, I don't think is going to wind up happening. So we're going to be diving into what we're getting in baseball in a future's perspective on the other side. Also take a look at some of the live action that we've got on this Saturday. That is right here on the Great Peterson experience on visa the sports network.
2: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life,
4: Seen Hoops Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to drivekingscom slash Blue Moon now to dive in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. Do apply. See drive for details. And as per usual, please do drink responsibly, as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VSEN, the Sports Bank Network. And for anyone that's taking a look at this White Sox versus Diamondbacks game that I was alluding to just before the break, well, now the Arizona Diamondbacks with a two run lead have the bases loaded with no outs because Joe Kelly has no idea how to field a ground ball. And as a matter of fact, we've seen two errors in this inning from the White Sox and zero out. So good work there, Tony La Russa. A man that should certainly not be managing, but there we are right now. And that's a big reason why you can't take a look at this Chicago White Sox team in the futures market. You can talk about all you want, that the schedule is lightening up, they've been dealing with injuries, list goes on and on. As long as they are managed by the man that is currently in the dugout right now, there's absolutely no faith that you can place in them, and I mean we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here of the baseball season. There's a little bit over a month left, and I'll encourage folks to wind up doing this as well because I know that football season is coming out. And here at Visa, we've got a little bit of everything. Pro football betting guide is out. College football wanted getting started up today. Obviously, these are big things, and for all of you guys that love football and it is the sport in which you're able to get the most money down on. If you're looking to be able to place really, really big bets. So there is that aspect of it. But when it comes to just handicapping in general, if you've been handicapping baseball for over 120 days, this season, you've been going through this from April until now don't get out while the going is good. Especially when you've got this big of a sample size, you know what to expect. Meanwhile, college football It's a very small sample size right now. We've seen a few games involving teams like UConn. We've got a UTEP versus North Texas game that wound up just getting kicked off. Having a sample size is something that you should not wind up overlooking. And as I always say, it doesn't matter where your money is coming from. You can be betting on the Colorado Rockies and the New York Mets, the Diamondbacks versus the White Sox games that I alluded to. It could be Nebraska versus Northwestern. It could be Formula One. List goes on and on the number one objective that you should have is just being able to make yourself some money in any market, any sport, any way possible, whether it be a prop, full game side, full game total, whatever winds up working for you, stick with it. Don't wind up betting something just because you're, your friends talking about it or something like that. I know I said it in the first segment, but I think that it is really worth repeating. Go with what's profitable. And Right now, if you take a look at Major League Baseball fading the Chicago White Sox as far this season, it has been quite profitable. We're also going to be hitting upon hour number two, one of our favorite fades of the baseball season, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun as we wind going out to our nation's capital for that one, but we've got about a month left here in the Major League Baseball regular season. and Actually, the baseball regular season is going to be extending a little bit into early October because we wind up having the strike that one a blasting a little bit so the start of the season wound up getting going about 10 days late so we are going to have some games in early October we're going to have some wonky double headers are going to be going down but as of right now you take a look at a lot of these division odds and you've got a few tight ones right now obviously the Mets and the Braves that's a tight one I mean even with the Yankees having their falters in recent weeks they are still well clear of teams like the Toronto Blue Jays and company The Brewers are looking to try to get back into it with the St. Louis Cardinals. Don't waste your money with the Milwaukee Brewers. And as a matter of fact, if you're able to find a market that is offering it, Brewers to miss the playoffs, I don't necessarily think is the world's worst value because you do take a look at the playoff picture right now. And as of right now, the Brewers, they are right now in danger of finding themselves on the outside looking in. Now we have seen the San Diego Padres not be so sharp ever since they wanted getting in all their pieces. And as a matter of fact, the team that the Brewers wound up trading Josh Hader to, they're probably having a little bit of some remorse right now, but for the Padres, they are three games clear of the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers at this point, I think that they need to wind up winning the NL Central or else they're just not going to get in at all. And with the St. Louis Cardinals, you know that this is going to be a team that's going to be firing all cylinders towards the back half of the season. As a matter of fact, the 17-game win streak that we wound up seeing from the St. Louis Cardinals last season, I believe that all of, if not most of those games, wound up occurring in September. It might have started in very, very late August and then lingered into September, but if I remember correctly, most of those games they wind up happening in September. It's a team that they're just sort of a machine. I was talking about it in the first segment, teams that you just cannot wind up trusting late in games like the Nebraska Cornhuskers, like the San Diego slash LA Chargers, because you're able to go way back with the Chargers. The Cardinals are a team that you're able to trust in the back half of the season. They are just a well-oiled machine. They do a great job with their farm system. They're always prepared no matter what injury winds pitting them. And then when it comes to the end of the season, oh, there's the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, every single year, they are sort of like that villain that you wind up seeing in a slasher film. I mean, all these slasher films always has the villain that winds up getting killed like eight times. And then on the ninth time, there is said villain here walking and the poor person that is running away is losing ground while running while our villain friend is walking. So that is exactly what the St. Louis Cardinals are. No value in the Milwaukee Brewers, in my opinion. But I do think what is also very fascinating is a team that wound up being able to step up and they wound up being able to get it done on this Saturday. That's the Baltimore Orioles, and this has been a very intriguing team to take a look at. Now, with the Orioles, they wind up being able to take the first two of the series against the Houston Astros, and take a look. Ever since Adley Rushman wound up getting called up to the big leagues, it has been a complete and utter reversal for this Orioles team because there was a point where it looked like it was going to be sort of the same old Orioles, maybe not to the extent that we have seen in past seasons with the Baltimore Orioles, but you figured it was going to be another long, sad year when they were like six and 14. I do think that there was a point a little bit towards this season, in which they were something like 20 and 29. And now you take a look up and the Baltimore Orioles, all of a sudden they are now one and a half games back in the wild card with the win that they were able to pick up. And, I mean, this is a bunch that you take a look ever since that 20 and 29 starts So from very, very late May on, and we'll just make it very simple, from June 1st on, this is a Baltimore Orioles team that they've been able to pick up in this time span, 46 wins. And in that time span, they have on up losing 28 games. So 46 and 28 since the beginning of the month of June. That is a top four record in the big leagues in this time span. The the, the Atlanta Braves have been a little bit better with that regard. They have been the best team in baseball since then. But ever since the call-up of Adley Rushman, This has been an Orioles team that has been big and you actually a little bit of a handicapping angle is you probably do want to be looking at catchers because they wind up having such a big influence on their teams. Like you take a look at a disappointment this year, the San Francisco Giants. They had a lot of the same bullpen pieces back this season from what they wound up having last year. Last year, the Giants were the only team in the big leagues with a sub three bullpen ERA. Guess what was missing? Buster Posey. And now you wind up having to try to replace them with Kirk Casali, Austin Wins, Joey Bart, and no question, none of those bats are Buster Posey, but none of those guys also behind the plate call a game like Buster Posey, which is why Bullpen ERA, boom, it is now in the top 10 in the big leagues for the San Francisco Giants to the bat. After last year, it was the best in all of the big leagues. I think that that is just something that is so important. And Adley Rushman has been able to give the Orioles that X factor because this is not an Orioles team that's going out there and hitting the ball of the yard. Anthony Santander has been able to give you 21 home runs this season, but you really don't have a guy that hits above 270 for this team. Got guys like Cedric Mullins that move the line. Ryan castle has been a nice player. You're able to go down the list of guys that are earning him that, like, 250 to 260 range with a double-digit amount of homers, but that double-digit amount of homers is less than 18, really, other than Santander. But for the Orioles, they've been able to get it done because they've been able to do a solid job with their pitching, more specifically, in the bullpen, and they've really been able to get some just good late-game performances in general as the Orioles are the best team on the run line. And if you've bet $100 on every one of their money lines this season, you are now up thanks to today's win Very nearly $2,950. There's a lot of money to be made with these baseball teams if you wind up sticking out through the grind of 162 games and into the playoffs as well. And the Baltimore Orioles are exhibit A. And I do think that it's a big reason why when it comes down to just handicapping in general as well. And this winds up really relating to college football, relating to the NFL. Don't wind up just giving up on a team because of one or two bad performances. And at the same time, If you are very high on insert your team here going into the season and they wind up having a little bit of a disappointment, don't be afraid to abandon ship as well. As you wind up getting more and more data points, wind up adjusting. We wind up seeing that with the Baltimore Orioles because even when they were 21 and 30, you can tell this is a little bit of a different Baltimore Orioles team. The bullpen pitching, it's solid. Didn't know that they would be able to maintain quite this level of bullpen pitching, but You knew that it was a team that was going to be able to offer a little bit of value. And if this wasn't the same Baltimore Orioles team that had lost north of 100 games the previous season. And as a result, if you've been sticking with them, you've been able to make quite a bit of money. And something that we've got to take a look at as well, something that we don't have a lot of data points on, some of these rookie coaches in the NFL. We are going to be diving into these, see which guys are set up for success and which guys, well, they're not set up for success. That is up next right here on V-Sports Bank Network.
4: Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: Pocket cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's buy better wear longer terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on visa the sports bank network. And we've got a lot to take a look at, to get prepared for the upcoming NFL season. We're going to be spending this segment, taking a look at some of the NFL rookie coaches, but we are right now in the midst of a few MLB games right now. We wind up having the guardians and the Mariners game just wind up getting started as that is a game that we'll be taking a look at throughout the night, and I'll be keeping you guys updated on these as well. Also, a little bit of an update in terms of anyone that wound up wagering on the Charlotte versus the Florida Atlantic game. This game was a no-doubter throughout Florida Atlantic. They get the cover by a count of 43-13. to 13. Only thing that was in question was whether or not we would have any live overs, wind-up cashing, or anything like that. Game sort of wound up dying towards the back half of this one, so... You did wind up seeing Florida Atlantic be able to get the job done very, very easily. And this is a total that wound up closing depending upon your book, anywhere between a 59 and a half to a six. Yes. This is a one total in which we really wound up seeing from week zero wind up going up really other than some of those writing games like the Austin P versus Western Kentucky game. That is one that it wound up actually landing pretty close to what the opening number was as it got bet up to 72, 72 and a half. That was not one that wanted being able to go over, but This is a spot where you did wind up seeing Florida Atlantic just be able to completely dominate the game. So they wind up being able to get that done. We are just getting going on a lot of those late games and then the Hawaii versus Vanderbilt game kickoff should be happening any second now. So we'll keep you guys up to date on those. But in terms of what we're taking a look at on this slate for, for this Saturday as well with regards to anything that you're able to take a look at live right now, the Yankees versus the Oakland ace game it is zero to zero going into the top of the seventh inning. Live total two and a half. The over is just a minus one twenty-five, and at this point, I don't think I could advise it over because that means that you need both teams to score, and I don't know if that's going to be happening at this point. Now, if anything, you could wind up having the Yankees go off for like some sort of three-run homer at the back half of this one, but right now it's been very, very bare bones and very, very bare bones in terms of the eighth, in terms of Giants versus the Twins. We're so late in the game that the total is currently off the board. And all you've got is a money line, minus 355 on the Giants, plus 275 on the Minnesota Twins. And it would be a case which the only way that I would look is the Giants money line. And I don't think that laying minus 355 is necessarily the world's greatest position to wind up taking. There So not a lot on that front. And then Cardinals versus Braves. We're coming down the home stretch. It's in the ninth inning. And the Cardinals, despite the fact that they are the team that is currently down by a count of five to four, they are threatening so as a result their live money line you're currently finding it at a minus 140 as its base is loaded one out and kenley jansen is on the mound so we shall see what winds up happening there honestly even money with the braves might not be the worst look here i would not want to have to fire in on pretty much betting on this sequence and this sequence alone as to whether or not your bet winds of cashing so that's not something that I would necessarily be advising there. And it looks like we've got a little bit of rain delay theater out there in the giants versus the twins game, which by the way, I mentioned it was one to zero. The giants have that one run on one hit. So that is the sort of night that we've been getting in baseball, not a whole of a lot of scoring. And shall we see some scoring from some of these teams involving first year coaches? Well, I don't think we're going to be seeing that from the Chicago bears as met Eber He winds up taking over the, he winds up taking over things, and I think it's going to be a rough year for the Bears. Like, I knew coming into the year that I thought that I would be fading the Bears a lot. I didn't necessarily think that, I mean, the more that I dove into it, I think, oh, man, I mean, there's a lot of people against the Bears. I'm sure that I can unearth something that people are noticing. Nah. No, this team just stinks because the team that I've really been on for having the worst record in the NFL this season is the Atlanta Braves and or the Atlanta Falcons. And right now, in terms of Atlanta, I still think that they wind up having the worst record, but I think that you can make a pretty compelling case here for the Chicago Bears. One of the most popular win totals here in lovely Las Vegas has been the Bears under their win total. Right now it's still set at six and a half, but you have to lay minus one ninety to go under. If you're gonna tie up your money that long on the Chicago Bears I think that you should probably just wind up baiting them until further notice. I think that that would be a better way to go about it. Now, obviously, the point spread is a great equalizer, but with the Chicago Bears, there's just not a lot of value here now that the under is at minus 190. Honestly, if you really want to bet the season win total, if you're able to find some alternate line, that might be the best way to go because I don't know if I see five wins on the schedule for the Chicago Bears team. I don't think that the lines are necessarily good either, but... I mean, if you told me that the Lions wind up taking both games from the Chicago Bears, I would not be surprised at all. This is a team that Justin Fields is right now leading, and I'm not so bullish that Justin Fields is going to be able to take good strides forward. He's technically a rookie this year because he was being coached by a bumbling buffoon last season, so that's not great, and under said bumbling buffoon, he wound up having seven touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He got sacked 100 million billion times. He couldn't really complete the ball down the field, he has no weapons around him. There's not much of a running game. This defense is completely gutted. I I can't find really too much good to say about the Chicago Bears team. So I think that Matt Eberflus might actually be an okay coach, but when you're given this sort of a roster, it's hard for anyone to wind up making it good. I think that you need Don Shula to be able to help you out here, and I don't think that Mr. Shula would be able to have success with the Chicago Bears. So we shall see how Matt Eberflus winds up Faring, I salute him on this effort because I think that it's going to be a difficult one now here's a guy that's in a little bit of a better circumstance Nathaniel Hackett he winds up going to the Denver Broncos and they traded for Russell Wilson in the offseason so here's a coach that instead of the front office taking away weapons for them and building up for the future this is a Denver Broncos team that they're looking to go for it right now and Nathaniel Hackett you may recall he was with the Green Bay Packers for quite a while he was helping out with that offense and you know what? It is a Broncos team that out of all the teams in the AFC West, I feel like I've got the most question marks with because even with the Raiders, with the Raiders, you know that you've got the Derek Carr connection as they wind up bringing in Devontae Adams during the offseason. These guys were college teammates, and they absolutely tore it up when they were at Fresno State. And there's just something about the Las Vegas Raiders that makes me want to back them. I do think that a lot of it is because, and I do think that this is where, Just taking a look at just the human element of things. Why is coming in as well? The way that the Raiders were able to just salvage a playoff berth last season was one of the most impressive things ever and shows just how great of a leader Derek Carr is because you had the John Gruden situation, you had the Henry Ruggs situation, and you're able to go down the line of things that has happened with the Raiders. Now, apparently, there was Derek Carr allegedly probably being out of Las Vegas because there was that deal on the table for Aaron Rodgers. How much I believe Dana White, who knows, but just at every single turn, Derek Carr has been the ultimate leader for the Las Vegas Raiders doing a great job of not blowing things out of proportion. I do think that there's something to that. And Russell Wilson, obviously high character guy. I don't think that there's a lot of questions with that little bit of a corny guy, but a very high character guy. And, When it comes to this Denver Broncos team right now, by the way, they're actually in progress with regards to our halftime game. Seventeen to ten, they are currently leading the Minnesota Vikings at the half. As it has been the Brett Ripon show, fourteen of twenty-one. He's thrown for an interception, no touchdowns on that front. Test. It is all backups in this game. We have not seen either of the starting quarterbacks. We have not seen either of the starting running backs. Really, no position players of note. Heck, I mean the defenses. These are not your starting defenses in this game but when it comes to denver broncos the questions i do wind up having is how are things going to wind up meshing And i mean this is really true for all sports i mean we're seeing it right now in a baseball perspective with the san diego padres things have not necessarily been able to mesh with them you're able to go to the nba everyone thought that the brooklyn nets were going to be some super team and it looks like you're going to see kevin durant trying to run it back but there are two seasons it's been a failed experiment that has blown up in the face of the Brooklyn Nets right now. Now, when it comes to the Broncos, the biggest question I do have in terms of everything with Russell Wilson is we obviously saw him come back from injury last season. And after the injury, he was not the same guy. What form of Russell Wilson are we going to be seeing this season? Because prior to the 2021 campaign, Russell Wilson had never had a losing season really in his life. And you're able to date that back to when he was with NC State in Wisconsin. This guy is just a born winner. So I do think that It's something that you do want to be taking a look at. And I do think that that holds some merit, but I don't think that this necessarily hinges upon Nathaniel Hackett. I think that he's going to be able to get the most out of Russell Wilson, but I do think that it's a case in which for the Denver Broncos, they just have the misfortune of being in this division. That is so talented. You got the chargers, you got the Raiders and you got the chiefs. I'd right now put the Broncos at number four. Personally, I just have a little bit of buy-in on the Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe it's foolish buy-in, but I do have a little bit of buy-in with them. But I mean, even for the Denver Broncos, even finishing number four, they should still be in the playoff fund. I wouldn't be taking them over their season win total. If I was looking at a playoff, yes, no, I'd be looking at a no, but I still do see quite a bit of upside on them. We're going to be taking a look at some of these other coaches that might or might not be able to have good first seasons on the other side and they are seeing some games, have some action in them. So I'm going to be getting you guys updated on that next right here on v the Sports Bang Network.
3: I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From
2: LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life,
4: Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN,
5: the Sports Betting Network. The Sin Pro Football Guide is out right now. This year's guide is packed with Super Bowl and playoff predictions, the season win totals for best bets on every single team, best ways to bet rookie quarterbacks, plus a bookmaker's breakdown on what the fe- on what features the public and respected betters are making. Remember that the only way to get this year's guide is by becoming a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up for our discounted football special today, and get access to everything that we do now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription. And bet smarter all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network, guys. It is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we're taking a look at what we're getting here in week zero of the college football season, we're going to be taking a look at another rookie coach I do think is intriguing here in a second, but I want to get you guys updated that the Rainbow Warriors strike first against the Commodores of Vanderbilt. It is to 7-0 opening drive for Hawaii. They're able to take it down. They're able to put six up on the board and then get the PAT. So we are looking at a 7-0 to score there. And a lot of the games that they wanted starting a little bit earlier, we are seeing them. Starting to flow along just a little bit. If you want to betting on the Florida AM versus UNC game, as this game currently late in the third quarter, it is currently UNC 35 to 17. So the Mondo spread, they are in danger of not being able to cover it. And then UTEP, they want just striking for a touchdown as well as it is now a count of 7 to 0, just getting started in the second quarter. And Darren Smith having himself a very, very nice start to the season. Three catches, a little bit over 100 yards, and he wanted pulling in that touchdown. So Utah, in a relative pick-up game as we wound up seeing this money wind up shifting quite a bit to Utah. They opened up right around about a four-point underdog. They closed pick-up, one-point underdog, somewhere in that neighborhood. Depending upon your book, they wind up being able to strike first and the Boos. They are on the board as well. Currently, no score between Nevada and New Mexico State. Currently, this is a game that I'm reading is in delay. I will try to find out why this game is in delay and we will pass it along as information becomes available, but with that said, take a look at this upcoming NFL season, and taking a look at how some of these rookie coaches might wind up faring, I want to mention that there might be a little bit of upside for Nathaniel Hackett at Denver, the only reason why I'm not necessarily bullish on him is just because the division that he winds up playing in general, it's just absolutely brutal, the AFC West, it is the best division in all of football, much like we were talking about the NFC West last season, and I still think that the NFC West might be division number two in the NFL as well. I think that people are sleeping a little bit on the top two teams out there in the NFC South. We're really one team in the new Orleans saints. will if we've got time, we'll dive into that a little bit more, but I do think that the AFC West just a bear to go through, but let's take a look at the other rookie coach. That is going to be very interesting. And out there in the NFC West or out there in the AFC East coming over from the NFC West, that would be Mike McDaniel of the Miami Dolphins, and I know that there are a lot of people that are very excited for the Miami Dolphins, and a lot of people have wanted just declaring Mike McDaniel, this absolutely tremendous coach. I'm not sure if I'm in on Mike McDaniel. I do think that Brian Dayball, when it's all said and done, is going to have success over there with the New York Giants, but... It's just a very bare roster. I think that he needs to get his own quarterback in there. Danny Dimes should have never been a top fifteen selection in the NFL draft. And right now the New York Giants are paying for their sins. You wind up drafting a guy in Saquon Barkley I mean he's a good running back when he's healthy, but you just don't draft running backs in the top ten because there's durability issues in general. Right now they're paying for their sins of that, but right now with the Dolphins, they are plus one forty to make the playoffs, plus one seventy-five to wind up missing it with a season win total of nine and I would be looking, if anything, at a season win total under with the Miami Dolphins because I do still think that the New England Patriots are going to be a solid team out there in the AFC East. I think that they're number two. I think that the clear number one and right now the betting favorite in most markets to be able to win the Super Bowl is the Buffalo Bills. And it's hard to really go against the Bills being a top team. I don't know if I would necessarily put them as the number one team to be able to win the Super Bowl, but certainly the Buffalo Bills, they belong in the top three without question. And when it comes down to the Miami Dolphins, they're trying to build themselves on speed right now. They wind up bringing in a whole bunch of pieces to be able to do so. Tyreek Hill, he winds coming in from the Kansas City Chiefs. That's obviously the biggest one, but Raheem Mostert as well, who ended up being sidelined after getting like five carries last season. It was a very sad and unfortunate situation that we did wind up seeing on that front. He's going to be looking to come back. So I do think that's a little bit of a roll of the dice as to what you're going to be able to get out of the ground game, because that was the one thing that was really limiting the Miami Dolphins last season, because I mean, there have been a lot of opinions on Tua Tagovailoa, but the one thing that Tua did wind up doing a relatively solid job of is he was just able to complete the ball in general. He was able to take what the defense gave him, completed right around 68% of his passes. Not a guy that was making necessarily super flashy plays, but at the same time, also did a relatively solid job of being able to avoid sacks. With him suffering that. Terrible hip injury. They he wound up suffering while he was at Alabama. That is going to be very key for him moving forward. But I thought Tua did a fine job. I don't think that he's necessarily lived up to like the top 10 billing or anything like that as to where he wound up getting drafted. But you know what? He's been able to do an okay job. But the question for the Miami Dolphins is, what are you going to be able to get out of the ground game? Because, I mean, you've got a bunch of guys that I think that they could wind up being good contributors. I mean, like Miles Gaskin. Who was really one of the main Bell Cow running backs for the team last season? If they did wind up having one, he's now the number four option for them. But you got Chase Edmund, Raheem Mostert along Sony Michelle. They're pretty much looking to form sort of like that fire and ice trail that you wind up seeing with the New York Giants. And I do think that that is fascinating. But when it comes down to it, I do have my questions in regards to the front, the offensive line with this team. And that is gonna be so critical. It's not something that a lot of people like to necessarily dive into and do their dirty work on. But I do think that the Miami Dolphins offensive line, it needs to be relatively solid because if they get just enough time for these speedsters to be able to get open, to be able to make just a little bit of a hole for a guy like Ari Mostert. And I do think that Sony Michelle is a little bit of an underrated back. He had a very good year when he was with the LA Rams last season, a guy that he's able to catch a ball on the backfield just a little bit as well. If they're able to get a little bit of protection, They've got some upside, but you also have to be a little bit concerned that the defense perhaps winds up taking a little bit of a step back without Brian Flores because part of what wound up happening with the Miami Dolphins and canning a guy that, in my opinion, they really should out of, Brian Flores, I thought did a tremendous job with the Miami Dolphins the last few seasons, but Brian Flores always did a good job of being able to preach toughness, of being able to get the most out of his guys in general, and this is still a solid front seven. Melvin Ingram the third, Raekwon Davis, these guys are going to be able to get after, and then you've got Davion Howard, in the secondary as well. But it's one of those, I sort of need to see it to believe it, sort of circumstances with the Miami Dolphins. And when it comes to the Dolphins as well, we remember how volatile they were last season and that they wound up having a six-game win streak and a six-game losing streak in the same season. They, are, I believe, were the first team in NFL history to wind up doing so. And rubber is going to be meeting the road very early. And sometimes you can wind up seeing these teams get demoralized by a, a bad start. They wind up starting out the year by playing at home against the New England Patriots, a Patriots team that perennially has struggled a little bit when they went went to Miami. Typically, the humidity winds catching up to them a little bit, but Mac Jones, having played at Alabama, could be a little bit of a different circumstance this time around. Then they wind up going at the Baltimore Ravens, and if you're looking for a little bit of a sleeper to perhaps win the Super Bowl, win the AFC, go down the line, the Baltimore Ravens are Exhibit A. They've got the ultimate weapon late in games of Justin Tucker, which if you wind up putting the ball within the 45-yard line, he's going to knock through that field goal and win you the game. You've got a guy in Lamar Jackson that has already won an MVP and is still being very, very badly underrated by so many people slash poo-pooed in general. You've got finally a ground game, which the Ravens did not wind up having last season. You still have one of the most fearsome defenses in all of football. I very much like this Baltimore Ravens team. Then this is a home game, but now... Have to face off against a team that is the odds-on favorite, according to most, to be able to win the Super Bowl. In the Buffalo Bills, you then go on the road and face off against the Cincinnati Bengals. Before things lighten up a little bit with the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets stands for just end of the season. It's going to be a relatively brutal year for them, even though the Jets did wind up adding a little bit in the off Who knows what that quarterback situation is going to look like? That should be a little bit of a confidence booster. But and you play against the Minnesota Vikings from there. You wind up playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers team that. Many people are thinking that they're going to be down, but every single time we call for the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin somehow, someway, finds a way to be able to overachieve. So I would say take a little bit of caution there. So I just take a look at this Miami Dolphins team, and they're very meh to me. I mean, I wish I could use a more professional term than that, but with the Miami Dolphins, I think that there's some upside. I think that there's some good attributes to this team. I don't necessarily trust in this line. And I really don't trust him. Mike McDaniel in general. So many people have anointed this like super genius as being able to push the team over the top. Because even if Mike McDaniel is a good coach, I mean, the guy that he's replacing in Brian Flores was one of the best coaches in the NFL. Got canned. Why? I mean, we can have a discussion about that on another show. I'm not going to discuss that here, but with that said, got canned and now he needs to replace him and even being a good coach might still be a little bit of a downgrade for this miami dolphins team so not necessarily too bullish on what they're going to be able to achieve this season but what we've got to take a look at is a game of baseball and what is going to be a very loaded sunday slate we do that next right here on Beeson e-sports Network.